Welcome to the Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. This simple, scripturally sound preaching and teaching of the Word of God will direct you to Jesus, the Good Shepherd. Follow the Shepherd's Voice into the green pastures that God has purposed for you. There, you'll find rest for your soul and the fulfilled Christian experience you crave. God bless you as you listen. Thank you, Father, this morning. What a blessing it is, and what a great honor and privilege it is to be here, to be present before you, to gather in your house, to be among the company of believers with expectation that you're going to do something great in our lives. We pray and commit ourselves into your hands, O oh God. We ask, as you always have done, to touch us with your word, with your power, with your glory, and with your presence. May everyone be blessed, those physically present here, those watching online currently, those who will be joining in later on, may everyone be greatly blessed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for what you're going to do in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, and let the people of God say, Amen. Amen. Give Jesus another hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. And you may be seated. Let me share this testimony with you before I move into the word of God. And this is one of our sisters in church, Sister Gifty. So she sent what we can call a threefold testimony. And it's been labeled instant healing. A financial miracle, progress and advancement in business. She said, I was not well during the past week after I came back from a journey. It was so bad that I thought I would die. You will not die, but you will live to declare the glory of the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. I had actually given up on life already. I informed one of our sisters in church, Sister Barbara, about my ill health last Sunday when she called me to join her in her car to church. But I wasn't able to come. When she returned from church, Sister Barbara visited me and handed to me a handkerchief that had been dipped in anointing oil. Sister Barbara, any handkerchief So I think last Sunday we did something like that. Is that not so? She then told me that Pastor Johnny had directed during the service for anyone who was sick to dip their handkerchief into the anointing oil. And Pastor Johnny further called for those who had knowledge of any sick person who was bedridden. 
the instruction was to dip the handkerchief into the bowl of oil that he, Pastor Johnny, had prayed on and to place the handkerchief on the sick person and pray upon returning from church. Sister Barbara placed the anointed handkerchief on my neck where the pain began before spreading throughout my body. And she prayed with me. She then left the handkerchief with me and told me to keep praying. I believed so much and left the handkerchief on my chest after she left. I say to the glory of God in less than 30 minutes the severe pain I felt coupled with the severe cold and feverishness all vanished and I received a miraculous healing throughout my entire body. Hallelujah! Amen. Number two I was in a very tight spot financially and needed to sort out my son's fees. I didn't have any hope. I was shocked when my son prompted me about some money that was lying in our room. Hey, what the money? I hadn't placed any money anywhere. And upon some checks, the money wasn't for anyone. God came through for me and made a way for my son's fees to be paid. Hallelujah! May God miraculously provide for you. Amen! I receive it. Maybe you thought that such things never happen. But this is somebody living in which century are we in? 21st or 22nd? 21st. It has happened in the 21st century. And may God give you your own special testimony as well. Testimony number three. I am a hairdresser by profession. So this is one person, the same person. Multiple testimonies. May you receive multiple miracles. Miracles that cut across all the different aspects of your life. If your reception is louder than your friend, your miracle will be more profound. She said for some period now, I noticed that work wasn't going as planned. Business was very bad. I kept praying to God for a turnaround. By the grace of God, things have picked up really well. And I believe that God has really used our pastor to bless us mightily. We give glory to God. And she keeps saying, and she concludes by saying let's keep serving God let's keep trusting him and he will surely come through for us give Jesus another powerful hand clap hallelujah oh may God visit you speedily Amen. and may God do for you what you cannot do for yourself in your lowest moment may God appear Amen. when all hope is lost may God show up Amen. 
when you are on the verge of giving up, may God reveal himself. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow. Philip, I think you should share your testimony also. Philip, also Put your hands together for our Philip. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. It was a breakthrough. Amen. Last Sunday when we came to church, I was believing God for a contract. So I gave estimate to, to the contractor. That was May. So I told Pastor Evis that I'm believing this man to call me so that I'll get some money to do one or two things. Everybody say one or two things. <laughs> So Sunday when we came to the last week Sunday, Bishop during the ministration, and the Bishop said, "Somebody, you will receive a breakthrough this week." So I was just saying, "I jump, I receive it today." So Monday morning, and the carpenter called me that the contractor said. They should go and pay the money at raincoat. But you know, when I give my estimate to the contractor, it was fifty-one thousand. And somebody also bring his own twenty-one thousand. Another person also brought his own thirty-five thousand. So Philip is into roofing sheets, organizing them, organizing carpenters to roof. Raincoat is. A company that is that deals in roofing sheets. And is what? Uh, and it's a single person who does these things. It's not the company yet. You will open your own company. Amen. I receive it. Continue. So the contractor sent my estimate to the woman at UK. And they send him the 51,000. But he wants to go and pay for 22,000. So that he will keep the rest of the money. Mercy. So Monday morning, when I was in the carpenter called me that. The man said they should go to raincoat and go and By the way, hold on a minute. Now you see, roofing sheets, there are different types. Sure. There's the superior quality. There's a very expensive type. There's the not so expensive type. There's the not so, so, so expensive type. And then there's the Kokulo Maja one. So if you want Kokulo Maja, you will get Kokulo Maja. May God take you out of Kokulo Maja levels Amen. to superior quality levels. Amen. So the computer said I shouldn't worry. Another contract, he will call me. So my sister called me that I should go and buy paint and come and do some painting for her. So I went to the place to go and buy the painting. And my phone was ringing. When I the phone, it was the same carpenter calling again. So I picked the coin and he said, Oh, the man said when he was on the way going, something said he should call me to do the work. To do the work. So they are coming to, to the office to come and pay. Yeah, so they should come. I'm at the office. Right that is where they sell the roofing sheets. No, no, no. Sales office. Where a sales office. Yes, okay. Where they will come and pay the money okay. before I go to the company to go and pay and then get them the sheets. Okay. So they came there. It was even raining, no, but she, she came the through way. the rain. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. Deposit the money and then 
the following day, I went to the roofing company to go and organize the sheet. So I'm standing here to give glory to God and to tell each and everyone here that we should, we should place our faith in God and believe in every word that the man of God is saying. When you read Deuteronomy 18, 18, okay. that, for I have Giving you a prophet among your brethren who will give my word unto you. So I believe that the man of God is a prophet. So when we believe in his word, we will have fulfillment of life. One more testimony. One more testimony. Okay for him to give one more testimony. Go ahead. Go on. When I started this church, I was having some issues with the police. When I joined this church, so I told Bishop about it. And the Bishop told me that God should come through for me. So, in the month of August, I was there when the CID called me that if I've been getting some of the money, he's coming with the guy to send me to the police station. So I told him that I'm in the house, they should come. <laughs> with my breath. <laughs> they should come. So the next morning, a friend called me. And he had a dream that the police has come for me. So is it the same issue? I said yes. And he said, okay, I should give him the guy number. When I forward the guy number to within an hour, and then he called me back and he said he has talked to the guy. So I should come to the office with the guy in the CID. So when we get to the office, and my friend asked the guy that, what is the issue? That a friend have an issue with you. You cannot bear with him for some time. Then you are, you are just harassing him. And the guy just draw his check. And he signed the exact amount. Of hey. Wow. Hey. And then he just give it to the guy. And the CID said, okay, I have to go to the station. And the guy signed the check with the to the CID. He didn't send me to the station again. Hey! Because he has got, <laughs> because he has got my <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So I believe that God is not giving up on us. Sure. No matter how the issue, God will still come true for us. Amen. 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 Give Jesus a mighty hand clap. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now, the only reason why these testimonies are shared is to encourage you so that you put your trust and your faith in God. Not in a man. Not in a man. But in God. You see, those of us who stand behind this sacred desk, we are just vessels. And God does what only he can do using us. Never must the glory be given to any servant of God. But all the glory must be given to the Lord. So I urge you, put your trust in God. And when you come to church like this, believe in the word of God that comes forth and keep your eyes on the Lord. And just as he's giving our brethren these wonderful testimonies, you will have your own testimony as well. In the name of Jesus. Amen. 
I know that sometimes you ask yourself that me too, when will I have something powerful to share? I am declaring to you today your hour has come. I said your hour has come. And this week I said this week I said this week an expectation of yours will be realized. You will hear good news. You will hear powerful news. You will hear mind-blowing news. Something that you have almost given up on. You will hear news about it. And you will see that God still has you in mind. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it again in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. May the power of the devil be broken over her Amen. life. Now in the name of Jesus. Be loose. Be loose. Be loose. Release her and let her go. In the name of Jesus. And now be still. Be still. Be still. Be still. Be still. In Jesus name. Put your hands together. You move mountains. You cause walls to fall in your power. You perform miracles. There is nothing that's impossible.
Hallelujah. Amen. And this morning, for the little time that we have left, I want to share with you a message I have titled Developing Good Attitudes. Developing Good Attitudes. Romans chapter 12, reading from verse 1. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. It says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. I want to read that last sentence again. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Which is good and pleasing and perfect. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. You know, yesterday, two incidents occurred which helped to inform my decision to share this message with you. Now, the first incident which occurred was this. There is an Aboboya driver. Do you know Aboboya? Aboboya. An aboboya <laughs> is a three-wheeler vehicle. So if you see any vehicle, there are different names for them. Aboboya, that's the that's Pradia. Mahama Kambu. Mahama Kambu. yellow one. Alright. So, all these three-wheeled vehicles are yes, called three-wheelers. So, there's this guy who comes to park in front of my our house. And he does that very often. But the way he parks in front of the house, it is as if he's coming into the house. <laughs> Or that he's coming to look for somebody in the house. So he parks. Then he goes to do whatever he goes to do. And when he's ready, he comes to take his thing. And he goes away. We didn't know who it was. Now yesterday, 
was I was lying in my study when I heard my daughter speaking to this gentleman. This is my daughter Esther. Now she went to him and politely asked him because he had come to park his three-wheeler as usual. She asked him, Please, are you looking for somebody in the house? And I could hear her. She spoke very politely, very respectfully. And then the guy responded very rudely. He said, Why? If I'm looking for somebody in the house, I will come and knock at the door. So why are you asking me if I'm looking for somebody? And still politely, she said to him, you know, you come and park here very often. Nobody knows who you are. And the way you park it, as if you're coming into the house. I think it is only proper that at least you come and see the people in the house and mention to them that sometimes I park over here to go and sort out something inside there. And so if you see an aboboya here, it is mine. And still rudely, the guy said to her, you can't talk to me and ask me this question and tell me what to do. That if I park here, have I come to park in your house? So you, you, can't, you can't tell me what you're telling me. So he started to rave and rant. And I could hear Esther. She didn't raise her voice. She just kept saying to him that you have to do what is right. Finally, the guy walked away still talking and the last statement he made as he was going was this he said even your father <laughs> he cannot come and tell me that I shouldn't park here so those were his parting remarks and as I laid in the study I smiled to myself and the only thing I said in my head was attitude. Attitude. That was the only thing that I said. Interestingly, I have two neighbors who come to park in front of our house some of the times. They came to see me to tell me that because of the nature of the road to our houses, especially when it rains, powerful. Anyway, what does I say? They came to see me to tell me that sometimes they, they park in front of the house and they wanted to let me know 
attitude. So now you see another attitude. We are talking about similar situations. Coming to park in front of somebody's house. One person felt that he didn't need to say anything to the owner of the house. But the other two felt that it was only proper and respectful to say something to the owner. Everybody say attitude. That was the first incident that happened yesterday. Then getting towards the evening, another incident happened. I have some clothes that needed to be worked on. The zip had come off. And one of them, I took it to the laundry and they, they ripped it and they didn't tell me that they have done anything like that. <laughs> so in the, in the evening, I drove out to see if I could find a tailor or a seamstress to fix the problem for me. I found one and I walked in. And then I said to the lady that I have a little work for her to do. Without asking me what work it was. He said, I've closed. <laughs> and she said, I've closed. And as she was speaking to me, she was working. And she did not even look at my face. She just said, I've closed. This was around 440. It was interesting to me. <laughs> because it is not like we were dealing with um, as it were a major fashion designer <laughs> with a big setup. <laughs> I'm talking about somebody who has a small kiosk <laughs> with only two machines. <laughs> Do you see? Yeah. So I, I moved away. But as I was going, I said to myself again, attitude. Everybody say attitude. Wonderful. Do you know, ladies and gentlemen, that attitudes contribute a lot to who we are? They contribute a lot to where we are in life. And they contribute a lot to who we will become in future. Attitudes. You see, the word attitude means a feeling or a way of thinking which affects your behavior, your manner, or your position. Attitude simply means a feeling or a way of thinking 
which affects a person's behavior or manner or position. That is what we call attitude. In the first scripture that we read in Romans 12 verse 2, we are told in the last part that we can learn to know God's will for us, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And I'm sure that by now, all of us know that God's good and pleasing and perfect will for our lives is that we'll be blessed, that we will do well, and that we will excel in life. But for this good, and pleasing and perfect will of God to bless us in this life to be done. Paul in his letter to the Romans and therefore in, in, in his writing to all of us, he says something very profound. He said, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you Think. Look at it again, Romans 12, verse 2. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you. Which is good and pleasing and perfect. And God's will for us, his good, his pleasing, his perfect will for us is that we will be blessed. That we will do well. That we will excel. That he will bring us into rest. That things will go well for us. This, ladies and gentlemen, is God's good and pleasing and perfect will for us. But for us to enter into that, one of the things that must happen in our lives is that we must be transformed by changing the way we think. Remember that in the definition I gave you of what attitude is, it is a feeling or a way of thinking that affects your behavior, manner, or position. So by this statement that Paul made that we should be turned into new persons by changing the way we think, in effect, what he's saying to us is, let's work on our attitudes. There must be a change in attitudes. Because our attitudes have a great effect on our lives. Either positively or negatively. 
Obviously, Paul is talking here about negative attitudes. Or bad attitudes. And in my narration of the different incidents that happened yesterday, we are dealing basically with attitudes. Good attitudes and bad attitudes. And just as is in the case of the people I spoke about, for all of us as well, our attitudes greatly influence the outcome of our lives. The reason why sometimes you fast and pray about certain things, but there is no change. It's sometimes because the problem is not a prayer problem per se. If you say, Sao, how now? You must pray. And we must continue to pray. But till we get to the point of recognizing that some of the challenges of our lives have to do with attitudes that need to change. And it's not an issue of fasting and praying. We will fast and pray until we become like a broomstick. But nothing will change. Nothing will get better. And unfortunately, we pastors because of the influence we want to exert on the church members always give an impression that we have the solution to their problems and it's a matter of they coming to us for dilation and come to us for us to pray for you before certain things can change in your life. Now, that thing is real. And your pastor can pray for you. And you should never throw that thing away. But there's been too much abuse of that thing. And instead of telling our church members what they need to hear, we give them a wrong impression of how their problems can be solved. And we usually talk to them in such a way that they begin to look at us as the solution and the answers to their problems. There are things to do with attitudes that explain how, why things are the way they are in our, in our marriages, in our business, in our finances, in our jobs, in our education, in our friendships, in our relationships. 
The problem is not a demonic one per se. It is often a problem with attitudes. And I'm sharing this message with you. That as we are believing God for progress and advancement in our lives. One of the main things we need to do for that progress and advancement to occur is there must be a change in attitudes. And we must develop positive attitudes. And begin to deal with the negative attitudes in our lives. Let me share with you some of the positive attitudes that we must develop. I have identified 15 of them. But there will be more. But I think that if you can get these 15, it will help you greatly. And we'll begin to see progress and development in our lives. Tell the person sitting by you, pay attention now. Because pastor is about to talk about your problem. Hallelujah. Amen. The first attitude that we must seek to develop is an attitude of diligence and hard work. I'm not running through them in any particular order. I'm just giving them to you. But the first one I want to talk about is an attitude of diligence and hard work. Diligence is a constant and earnest effort to accomplish anything you set out to do. It has to do with focus. It has to do with putting yourself in what, into what you're doing. It has to do with concentration. So one of the attitudes we ought to develop in life is an attitude of diligence and hard work. Let's read some scriptures. Proverbs chapter 10 verse 4. New Living Translation. Yeah, New Living Translation. It says, "Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich." Amen. Amen. It's a short sentence, but it is loaded. Can you read it with me? Ready? Go. Lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers, workers get, get rich. rich. <laughs> That's all. No, no, no. I don't need to say anything more. You see, if you interrogate rich people from all over, different nationalities with different backgrounds. One of the commonest features that you will see about all of them is that they work very hard. 
they work very hard and they are very diligent with what they are doing they give themselves to what they are doing they put themselves into it they are very focused about what you're doing. And they press on and don't give up until they achieve what they want to achieve. They work very, very hard. And sometimes with poor people, it's not with every poor person, but with many poor people, you will discover when you go into their life that many times there's a certain lack of diligence in their lives. And you also see a lot of laziness. Some of the laziest people in this world are poor people. And the, this scripture is explaining why they are poor. It is because of the laziness. It is because of the lack of hard work. It is because of the lack of diligence. Because whatever you set out to do, you need to work hard at it. You need to be focused. You need to put yourself into it. It's not just about going for all night. It's not just about going for prayer meeting after prayer meeting. It's not about having all types of oil poured on your head. Even if the oil comes from Israel, it won't change anything when it is poured on your head. If you like, use engine oil. <laughs> maybe because the one you are using is not thick enough. So you are thinking that maybe if I can get engine oil, and then the dirty one, the dirty one. Uh, anoint yourself with it. It won't change anything. Because the problem and the issue is an attitude thing. It's an attitude of laziness. It's an attitude of lack of diligence. And you see this often when you have workers. You see it very often. You see that I have employed two different people. One of them seems to be progressing. The other one just seems to be going down and down. down. Is that one cursed? It's not a case. It is an attitude Tell your neighbor, change your attitude. Look at Proverbs 22 verse 29. Proverbs 22 29. Do you see any truly competent workers? They will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. Hallelujah. Amen. When you have an attitude 
of diligence and hard work. And you are competent at what you do. It will lead to your promotion and elevation in this life. And it will lead you to people of power and influence. Just because of the attitude with which you do your things. People will travel from far. They will prefer to come and queue at your shop. Rather than go somewhere else where there is nobody. Because they know that with you. The way you go about your things. It is with diligence. It is with efficiency. It is with competence. That is why they will come from all over. To come and benefit from your service. Competence in what you do. Will cause you to be promoted in this life. Because of this message, something will change in your life. Amen. A certain bad attitude of lack of diligence and laziness is disappearing out of your life. And God, through the help of His Spirit, is working on you to become a person of diligence and a person of hard work. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Receive it. And one of the things you see about lazy people is they, they, they always have excuses. Excuses about why they don't have a job. Excuses about things not working. Proverbs 26 verse 13 to 16. Proverbs 26 verse 13 to 16. The lazy person claims there is a lion on the road. Yes, I am sure there is a lion out there. As a door swings back and forth on its hinges, so the lazy person turns over in bed. It says, lazy people take food in their hand. But don't even lift it to their mouth. Even to eat. It's a problem. Do you see? I know that what I'm about to say is controversial. If you spend a lot of time eating, so who did you abbreviate? And I And I It is a message. I mean, you have time. And you sit behind food. Now I shouldn't no. 
na wa de koboko na wa bie na no so boko na de atu boko na wa we sad boko o mane so wa no se ye boko we are cotton ye boko and takes the next one wa sa te fufuro bio scrutinize it closely na wa fi ne ni ahwemu ye pa se bibi de mu a no so wa pia ne boko ya kana no de wuram wa sa de wa we sa de boko My friend, do you know that it is your life that is passing by like that? Small food that you are going to eat. Why? You see, my wife has always been facing me <laughs> that I eat too fast. <laughs> of course, I'm not asking you to eat like a dog. That one to the food, it will try you. Choke you. Yeah, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying something to you. It may not have occurred to you that that there is something about me that borders on laziness and a certain attitude about life. You can't see it. And look at the last verse 16. Lazy persons or lazy people consider themselves smarter than seven wise counselors. So you see, the problem is a laziness problem. But they can't see it. The problem is lack of diligence. But they can't see it. And when you're trying to explain it to them, they think they are wiser than you. And they can't seem to see what you are saying to them. That you have an attitude problem. And it's closing a lot of doors to you. And it's like everywhere you have worked, they have sagged you. You don't have any testimonial from anywhere. There's a problem somewhere. And that problem I'm pointing out to you may very well be a problem of lack of diligence and laziness. Today you are breaking out of that cycle Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. Number two. Our time is up. An attitude of speaking well. An attitude of speaking well, of knowing how to talk. 
You say, Pastor, can that one too also affect my life? Yes. Ephesians 4 29. Don't use foul or abusive language. Because you like insulting too much. And that thing is pulling you back. Every time you open your mouth, there's an insult in there somewhere. And there are some tribes like that. I shall not mention the name of the tribe. But it's like every statement that is made. There's an insult in there somewhere. That you are even sending a child to go to go and take something from the room. There's an insult in it. It's like, hey, you, your, your, with your ugly head, come and let me send you. Why? Now you may think that, oh, there's nothing with it. It's just a way of talking. But there is something reprehensible about it. It's, it's repulsive. How you talk. The insults. The foul language. The use of the four-letter words. So, so nobody wants to associate with you. Because of the way you talk. It says, let everything you say be good and helpful. So that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. I'm talking about an attitude of speaking. Because if you are somebody who always puts people down, always saying things to make people feel like they are nothing, always facing people, always making them feel stupid. Always correcting people. Why? Why is it that you are always correcting people? Why? So it's an attitude that can be leading to a certain lack of progress in, in your life. Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. Proverbs. A gentle answer deflects anger. But, but harsh words make tempest flare. The tongue of the wise makes knowledge appealing. But the mouth of a fool belches out foolishness. So here we have a picture of somebody who is always angry. Always annoyed. Every time angry. It's a simple conversation but there's a lot of anger in it. Or always facing people. Always screaming at people. Always speaking even things that you don't understand. You want to 
you want to contribute. It's an attitude. Proverbs 18 Good news translation. What you say can preserve life or destroy it. So you must accept the consequences of your words. So you got to watch how you talk. You got to watch what you say. It is an attitude that is affecting your progress. And all of us need to check ourselves. How do we speak? How do we talk? You know that when you go for an interview, how you speak, how you talk, will greatly determine whether you get the job or not. Yeah. You have gone for an interview and you are facing the people on the panel. <laughs> I, I, I don't understand why you are asking me that question. You are looking for a job and you have taken your things there to go and face the people. Always angry. Always facing. Always talking about people. Always gossiping. Always spreading stories. Always backbiting. Always insulting. Always putting people at loggerheads with each other. I'm talking about a certain attitude that has to do with the way you speak. And the Bible says death and life are in the power of the truth. And there's a lot of damage that you do to yourself and to others by the way you talk. If that attitude doesn't change, there wouldn't be much progress. And let me say this to you as I close. You see, we really have to be careful about what we say to people and what we say to one another because the wounds that words inflict they are not easy to heal that's why the bible says that our words must be full of grace more to encourage and to build up not to pull down and not to destroy even if you are correcting somebody you got to be careful what you say because there are some things when you say to the person he or she may never be able to rise again and you can never take those words back you can't You've, you've already done the harm. One day, that could be. I think I've told you this story before. A certain woman went to see her pastor. That pastor, I've realized that I have too many problems with other people. And I think that because of me, many people have had a lot of issues in this village where we are. And I don't like it. I've said things that I shouldn't have said. And I, I, I want that situation to change. Now the pastor wanted her to really understand the gravity of the problem. And so this is what he did. He gave her a bag full of feathers. Into a man, a bag, yeah, in crap, in Takrabi, but I say, Mumma. 
and said to her, Go throughout the village. Any house where you've said something bad to somebody, you've hurt somebody with the words from your mouth. Why you be born where you spread stories about people where you have condemned people with the words from your mouth any house where there is anybody like that drop one of the feathers there and then move to the next place when you have finished doing this rounds in the village because it's a small village he said to her retrace your steps and then go back to every house where you drop the feather and pick it up and bring the bag of feathers back. She came back. Pastor said, where are the feathers? She said, I couldn't find them. They are all gone. By the time I got there, the feather was gone. I couldn't get it. And he explained to her that this is what it is. The same when you just speak in a certain so way, you can't eat your words. You can't take them back. And that's why you have to be very careful what you open your mouth and to say, say to people. And to say about people. You have to be very careful. Because you would have caused a lot of damage. That is irreparable. And that attitude, it ought to change. Because it's damaging your relationship. It is damaging your friendship. It is damaging your marriage. And everybody is worried of you. Because of the way you talk. So for some, the only problem is the way you talk, how you talk. Some people also, they joke too much. So it's like you are not a serious person. And when it gets to certain things, people want to see seriousness. I mean, maybe this is your joking thing. It may help you to get a comedianship, apprenticeship somewhere. But that one too doesn't seem to be working. I'm explaining to you that one of the attitudes we have to change is how we talk to learn how to speak well. I tell you because death and life are power power Next week I'm going to move into other things. But hear me and hear me I am your pastor. And the things that God lays on my heart to share with you are the things that I share with you. And I believe that this is a message that is intended to deliver many of us. This is just the beginning. We will continue as we move along. But I want you to determine that something must change in my life by the end of this series. And I declare to you today that there will be a change. Amen. In Jesus' mighty name. Put your hands together for the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Bow down your hearts. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. We ask that your word will continue to ring in our hearts, in our minds, and the lessons to be picked from it. May we pick those lessons in the mighty name of Jesus. Jesus. By the Holy Spirit. We ask, Father, begin to work on our hearts. Begin to work on our emotions. Begin to work on our feelings. 
begin to work on anything that bothers on negative attitudes in our lives. Let there be a transformation from deep inside in Jesus' mighty name. And this morning, I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. It is the most important decision to take for your life. To surrender your heart to him. And I want to pray with you. You may even be watching us. And you don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior. Today, if you want to receive Jesus as Lord and Savior, I want you to lift up your hand where you are. And I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. You want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to surrender my heart to Jesus. You lift up your hand where you are. If you're watching, lift up your hand. And now pray this prayer with me. Right where you are. Say, Heavenly Father, today, I come to you just as I am. Oh God, please forgive me for all my sins. Wash me with the blood of Jesus. From today, I am yours and you are mine. I will serve you. I will follow you for the rest of my life. Help me, Jesus, to live a good life. To live a fruitful life. To live a life pleasing unto you. I thank you. In Jesus' mighty name. Let everybody say amen. Thank you for listening to The Shepherd's Voice with Pastor Johnny Awanyo. We do hope that you were greatly blessed. For further inquiries, please call, WhatsApp, or send an SMS text to plus 233-243-886-622. God bless you.